Welcome into the Focused on Fenway podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. Sit back and relax as I update you on everything going on in the world of Red Sox baseball from Boston and beyond. Please be sure to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome into another episode of Focused on Fenway. I'm your host, Daniel Locke. I study journalism at Auburn University, and I also serve as co-sports director of Auburn's student-run radio station, Weagle 91.1 FM. The Red Sox took two out of three games against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and now they start a three-game set with the Baltimore Orioles tonight at Camden Yards. So, we're going to do what we normally do. Um, Red Sox series history, or... Yeah, Red Sox history at the end, so let's just jump straight into the Pirates series. So, game one, this one was on Tuesday. The Red Sox won to 5-3. to three. Uh, Nick Pavetta got the start for the Red Sox. He pitched seven innings, giving up no runs, striking out six, and walking three. Um, Mitch Keller was on the mound for the Pirates. He only pitched for two innings, and he gave up four runs, all of them in the first um, one strikeout and three walks. And then Matt Barnes picked up for his third save of the year for the Red Sox. Just one inning of work, um, no runs, two strikeouts, no walks. So Alex Verdugo got things going for the Red Sox on top of the first as he singled to right to score Tommy Pham. Christian Arroyo singled to center and also in the top of the first and that scored Raphael Devers. And Eric Hosmer singled to left in the top of the first to score J.D. Martinez. And then in his first game back from injury, Kike Hernandez hit a sack fly to left that scored Alex Verdugo. And then the top of the second, Tommy Pham scored on an error. And that put the Red Sox up 5-0 just in the second inning. And that was all the scoring until the bottom of the eighth as Gamble doubled the deep right to score Delay, Newman, and Marcano. And that made the game a little closer, but the Red Sox were still able to pull it out. It was encouraging to kind of just see how good the Red Sox can pitch. I know that the Pirates are not the best team offensively, but still just the fact that the Red Sox can shut out anyone was encouraging. Or shut down, so they didn't shut them out, but you know what I mean. So moving on to Game 2, which was Wednesday night, Boston took this one 8-3. to Rich Hill took the mound. He pitched five innings. He allowed two runs, gave up, or struck out four, and didn't walk anyone. Um, Rosny Contreras was on the mound for Pittsburgh. He pitched six innings, allowing four earned runs, three strikeouts, and four walks. Um, in the bottom of the first, Reynolds hit a homer to center, which also scored Newman to put the Pirates up 2-0. In the top of the second, the Red Sox would take the lead as Christian Arroyo doubled the deep right center to score J.D. Martinez and Alex Verdugo. And then Kike Hernandez singled the right to score Christian Arroyo. Then in the bottom of the fifth, the Red Sox added on another as Alex Verdugo doubled the right field and scored Sandra Bogarts. Then the Red Sox added another in the eighth inning as Rob Refsnyder walked um, and Alex Verdugo scored. Then in the top of the ninth, we get three more runs as Christian Arroyo singles the left field to score Alex Verdugo, and then Kevin Ploiecki singles the right field to score Eric Hosmer and, and J.D. Martinez. And once again, the Pirates uh, made a little noise in the bottom of the ninth as Gamble singled the center, which scored Reynolds. So, 
uh, that put the Red Sox that clinched the series win for them. Unfortunately, on Thursday night, Game Three did not go quite as well. The Pirates took this one eight to two. Josh Winkowski was on the mound for Boston. He pitched five innings, giving up six runs, striking out two, and walking one. Then J.T. Brubaker was on the mound for Pittsburgh. He pitched seven innings, um, giving up no runs, striking out seven, and walking no one. So, the first seven innings of this game was all Pittsburgh. In the bottom of the first, Reynolds hit a homer that also scored Newman. They added on two more in the bottom of the third as Gamble doubled the deep left, which scored Reynolds and Newman. So, what I'm seeing here is that these guys are actually scoring before the ninth inning for a change. Um, in the bottom of the fifth, Reynolds homered again, which also scored Newman again to put the Pirates up 6 to nothing. Then they added on two more in the bottom of the sixth as Chavis doubled the left, which scored Allen, and Heinemann singled the left to score Chavis. And the Red Sox finally made some noise in the top of the eighth inning as Tommy Pham reached on an infield single in um, the third, and McGuire was able to score. And then Raphael Devers hit a sack fly to center to score Bobby Dahlbeck. So, just very up and down. Um, I didn't really, I didn't watch much of this game, but obviously I didn't miss much. And it just did not seem very impressive, to be honest with you. Just not good to get beat 8-2 to two by Pittsburgh. I was really hoping that the Red Sox could pull off the sweep in this one. But that is just not what was going to happen. So that is going to do it for the Pirates series. After this break, we will get into the series against the Orioles. Are you a fan of mixed martial arts? If so, I have a place for you. Brawl Talk MMA is one of the best places to go for interviews with fighters, fight predictions, recaps, and so much more. Brawl Talk MMA is run by my good friend, Will Miller, and let me tell you, he is one of the best in the business. You can follow Brawl Talk on Instagram at Brawl Talk MMA and subscribe on YouTube. Let Will know I sent you. So now we're going to just run through some standings after the Red Sox three-game set with the Pirates. They currently sit at a record of 59-60. and 60. I was really hoping they would sweep the Pirates because then they would have been um, one game above 500. They would be 60-59 and 59 right now, but unfortunately that just didn't happen. They are currently 14 games out of first place. As I've said, you can pretty much kiss that goodbye. The Baltimore Orioles are 11 and a half games out of first. So the Red Sox are only two and a half games from not being in last place anymore, which really makes this series against the Orioles very important. And just kind of glancing at the wild card here, the Red Sox are currently five games back from the third wild card spot, and the Orioles are two and a half back from the third wild card spot. So this series against the Orioles is extremely important. But what's also very important is what the Red Sox have after. After the Orioles series, there are three games with the Blue Jays, followed by three games with the Rays. So after these three are wrapped up, we will know how the season is basically going to pan out. So hopefully it's good. Um, I would love to see the Red Sox take like seven out of nine here. Now would be a phenomenal time for something like that to happen. But we're just going to have to wait and see. Um... For now, we're just going to go ahead and start the preview of the Orioles series. By the way, the Orioles are 61-57. and 57. It is still weird to see the Orioles above 500. Just not something I'm used to. Or, But, you know, 
hopefully not too much longer as the Red Sox can hopefully get past them. So tonight, Cutter Crawford is on the mound for the Red Sox. He is 3-4 and four on the year with a 4.18 ERA, a 1.22 whip, 64.2 innings pitched, 65 strikeouts, and 23 walks. His last appearance was on Saturday against the New York Yankees. He pitched six innings, giving up two hits, two runs, four walks, and striking out five. So definitely not a bad day for him. Jordan Lyles is on the mound for the Orioles tonight. He is 9-9 on the season with a 4.48 ERA, a 1.45 whip, 134.2 innings pitched, 114 strikeouts, and 45 walks. His last appearance was on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Rays. He pitched 4.1 innings, giving up five hits, four runs, walking two, and striking out nine. So just a really good, pretty okay, actually, performance in that game. Um, moving on to game two, Michael Waka is pitching for the Red Sox. He is 7-1 on the year with a 2.44 ERA a 1.05 whip, 77.1 innings pitched, 59 strikeouts, and 23 walks. His last appearance was Sunday night against the Yankees when he pitched seven scoreless innings, only giving up two hits, walking one, and striking out nine. So against that electric Yankees offense, he only allowed three men on base through seven innings. And with his ERA just being 2.44, he is definitely the Red Sox hottest pitcher right now, so hopefully he throws another gem of an outing here, but that remains to be seen. Kyle Bradish is on the mound for the Orioles. He is 1 and 4 on the year with a 6.38 ERA, a 1.66 whip, 66.1 innings pitched, 67 strikeouts and 27 walks. His last appearance was Monday against the Toronto Blue Jays. He pitched 4.2 innings, gave up 6 hits, 3 runs, walked 4, and struck out 5. So this isn't something that I've really been able to say much since I've started this podcast, but I like the Red Sox as the pitching matchup in this one. I like Waka in that one a lot. So moving on to the series finale on Sunday, Nick Pavetta is going up against Dean Kramer. So on the year, Pavetta is 9-9 with a 4.28 ERA, a 1.29 whip, 136.2 innings pitched, 130 strikeouts, and 50 walks. And as I previously mentioned, his last outing was Tuesday night against the Pirates, in which he pitched 7 innings, um, only allowing 1 hit, no runs, walking 3, and striking out 6. So only allowing 4 base runners through 7 innings. Even just against the lowly Pirates is still pretty impressive. On the year for the Orioles, Dean Kramer is 5-4. He has a 3.58 ERA, a 1.29 whip, 70.1 innings pitched, 55 strikeouts, and 16 walks. His last outing was Tuesday night against the Blue Jays. He pitched 7 innings, gave up 7 hits, 2 runs, 1 walk, and struck out 6. So... That's an interesting matchup. I think that one will be the most competitive of the series. And that is going to do it for the preview of the Orioles series. We're going to take another short break, then we'll be back with some Red Sox history. Heading to a game at Fenway? Be sure to stop outside of Gate C and pick up a copy of the Way Report. There are plenty of great articles, some written by your favorite podcast host, Daniel Locke, and so much more. 
you don't want to miss out on the best Red Sox program in town. Alright, so we're going to close up shop here today by just going over the series history against these two teams. This is something that I tried out in the um, episode I did Tuesday, previewing the Pirate series. And I really liked it. I thought it sounded good and was pretty interesting. So, there were, before this three-game series, there were 23 games played all time between the Red Sox and the Pirates. There are... 2,257 games played all time between the Red Sox and the Orioles. The Red Sox lead the series um, with 1,251 wins versus 1,026 losses, which is a 54.9 winning percentage. The first game ever against these two teams was back in 1901. They played 20 games that season, and the Red Sox won 15 of them. Um, at home, the Red Sox are 667 and 467 against them, and they have played over a thousand games in the playoffs. Uh, their first time ever meeting up in the playoffs was in the 1900s. So, and they played over a hundred playoff games against each other in the 1900s, and. Of course, as you know, history has gone on, that number has shrunk. As in, like, in the 2010s, they have only played, like, 80 playoff games against them. So, slowly but surely going down and just kind of the way that baseball is changing. But I thought that that was pretty interesting that just comparing that, a team in your division, to a team in a different league that you don't even play. So, I just thought that was interesting. And that is about all the time we have here today. Hopefully things go well for the Red Sox this uh, weekend. But regardless of that, I will speak to you on Tuesday. Between now and then, go Sox. Thank you for listening to the Focused on Fenway podcast. I had a great time keeping you informed on everything going on with the Boston Red Sox. Please follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Focused on Fenway. You can also follow me on Twitter at Daniel J. Lock. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll speak with you soon.